Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, it's hour two on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Our good friend Andrew Siciliano from the Red Zone just tweeted, five new NFL head coaches, Ron Rivera, 1-0, everyone else. 0-4. We'll talk to the coach. He'll join us coming up next hour. Also, Steve Levy called the Monday night game in Denver last night. Titans eke it out over the Broncos 16-14, and the Steelers beat the Giants 26-16. The reaction overreaction will be Ben is back, and the Steelers are going to be formidable. I think the Steelers are going to be formidable because of that defense. I don't know what to expect from Ben. He had three touchdowns last night. They seem to find wide receivers in Pittsburgh. They don't have the skill level that they once had with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. And the Giants, it's going to be another long season for the Giants, unless they shore up the offensive line. And I know that's that throwaway line. Well, they got to get a better offensive line. You just can't find these guys. It's really hard. And I'll go back to a couple of years ago when an NFL scout said, it's really hard to find good offensive linemen in college football because – how they block, what their schemes are, completely different than what we're, we ask for in the NFL. And I think when we've seen a lot of high draft picks and they've been spent on offensive linemen, and there is no guarantee because the Giants used a top five pick on an offensive lineman, and he looked like he belonged back in college. It takes a while, and what happens is, you know, New England rarely takes an offensive lineman you know, with a high draft pick. They have a system, they develop it, and, it, you know, it helps that you got the same quarterback and you had the same coach, offensive coordinator, and you just kind of plug them in and you find the right people who understand the system that the Patriots have. You know, Dallas has a great offensive line. Individually, a great offensive line. New England always had a really good offensive line, but nobody who stood out. I don't know how many of their linemen ever made a Pro Bowl. Well, an all-pro. Because you can make the all-pro just because guys don't want to play in the game. But how many times have the Patriots had a first-team all-pro offensive lineman? And probably pretty rare. But last night, Steelers looked good. Giants did not. The Titans, you know, those are the, 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 that's Titan football. Not pretty. Uh, you don't like your kicker to miss four kicks. Then connect with the game winner, Steven Goskowski. But if you're Denver and you're trying to develop something there... You got Drew Locke, you got Jerry Judy, you got some running backs, you don't have Von Miller, but you got to win that game. And they had every opportunity to win that game. Some questionable clock management there, but, uh, you know, that's the reaction overreaction to last night. And now that the uh, week one games are in the books, you're going to hear a lot about the quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, strong statement games uh, week one. 
And it's just assumed that the best quarterback is going to be the MVP. But in addition to big offensive plays, we also saw some really strong defensive plays. Alden Smith has been out of football almost five years. He was awesome for Dallas. Uh, Shaq Barrett stepped up. T.J. Watt of the Steelers. Aaron Donald was unbelievable, unblockable. Jamal Adams. By the way, Jamal Adams, just wind him up and he's going to talk. Get him out of New York. Now he says he never played uh, on a team with a good quarterback or a good head coach. Now, he might be right, but I'm curious what he's going to say about Seattle when he leaves there in three years. Is he playing for a good head coach and a good quarterback? Because I'd say, yes, you are. But Jamal Adams, who was great in that game against Atlanta, he was hitting everybody. He was hitting his own teammates. He just wanted to pop people. But we have not had a defensive player win MVP since 1986 when Lawrence Taylor did it. I don't know if there's going to be a defensive player who's ever going to get to the level of Lawrence Taylor and change the game. I guess if somebody was going to do it, it would have been Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt. But And since you give out defensive player of the year, it feels like you're not going to put them in for offensive player of the year. And it feels like the MVP is really the offensive MVP. And then you give out the defensive MVP. Yeah, McLevin. I don't like that there's also an offensive player of the year. No, I don't I know. know. That's so dumb. Because that's just a way to spread the vote. Yes, it is. I don't know, actually, if they still have that. but The offensive player of the yeah, year? Yeah, like, I don't know who it was last year. I think they do. Lamar Jackson also the offensive player of the year? Well, I don't know. Could it have been Patrick Mahomes? I Like, I don't know. Well, it, I think Russell Wilson was second in MVP. Yes, Paul. Michael Thomas, the receiver oh, for the Saints, okay. got offensive player of the year. Okay. Okay. I'm fine with that. He put up record-setting numbers. Yes, McLovin. By the way, he... Did you see he got his uh, ankle stepped on? Yeah. Like that Without him, that offense is not as good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was kind of like, I was always secretly, uh, he's just a system guy. Paulie, can you check that just to see if McLovin was correct? The Saints without Michael Thomas, that offense is not that good? I think everyone's going to agree with that. Okay. Well, I always thought like, uh, you take Michael Thomas out, they'll find a Marcus Colson. Todd like, just said that's a stupid comment. <laughs> Trust me, they'll, by the way, they will figure it out. They're the Saints. They system up big time. They will find someone to step in there and dominate. I mean, that's a fact. So they, their system, they have somebody who's going to step in and get 150 catches. No, but they'll, they'll find a way. They, they always have some weird guy who comes out of nowhere. And it's, oh, Emmanuel Sanders. He looked amazing out of nowhere for them. Amazing. Like a Marcus Colston yes. type. Yeah, they always have a Colston. I mean, I yeah, Michael Thomas is better than all those guys, but not that much. Yes, he right. It's like that. Their offense isn't completely dependent on that one player, Michael Thomas. Except Sunday, it probably was. <laughs> That's what I maybe. Noticed. Yeah, <laughs> I would think it would be Alvin Kamara. You know, they he's pretty good. Yeah, he's really good. Taysom I, Hill. No. But I like how Tampa Bay was trumpeting the fact that they shut down Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And then Twitter said, uh, uh, he, he scored uh, a couple of touchdowns on you. Way to, way to shut him down. Uh, yeah, see. There were a few times last weekend, uh, just this past weekend, watching the Saints, and I was just like, wow, look at Drew Brees run. Oh. <laughs> no, that's not him. Yes, McLovin. If you, I know I asked you this yesterday too, any thoughts of a mulligan in the NFC with the way the Saints look good, the no, Packers that, it doesn't, look good? That's not the way it works. I made my pick. I stay with my pick. Seahawks defense? Oh, wow. No. I, it's early. Maybe we should start doing, instead of overreaction Monday, it's mulligan Monday. Mm. thing you want to change. Ooh, alliteration mm. sells. Ooh. Paulie, I know you love Paulie that. Paulie loves that. Count the yeah. cash. Yeah. Mulligan Monday. I like how the sky is falling in Tampa and Dallas. No place else in the NFL because shows want to talk about Tom Brady and shows want to talk about Dallas Cowboys. It's trepidation Tuesday. Count the cash. Yeah. Sky is falling? Question mark in Tampa? I'll tell you what, if the Browns lose to the Bengals, Baker Mayfield sky Whoa, is question mark? evaporating yeah. right before his very eyes. So the Rams lose on the road and Tampa loses in New Orleans. Sky is falling? Question mark? Oh, Questioning the play calling by Mike McCarthy. Dak Prescott, once again, not a second-half quarterback. Tom Brady, perhaps over the hill, question mark. 
Yes, McLovin. Yeah, the Niners blew a game against the Cardinals. They should Nobody's talking Nobody about, about that. that. No. Because you don't get clicks. Well, we're waiting for throw up Thursday. Oh, throw start up breaking that Thursday. down. Who's going to throw up on their shoes? Right of Imodium. Nobody cares about the 49ers nationally. That, like, if you look in, at, at the topics, and it'll be the Browns because of Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield, Brady with the Buccaneers, Rodgers in Green Bay always gets a click or two. Uh, the Steelers do because of their fan base. And then obviously with Dallas, but some of these other teams performances, it'll be like, yeah, okay. Nothing to see here. Yeah. McLevin. Yeah. I feel like the Titans could go 12 and four and, and no one will care during the regular season. And even last night, I mean, that, that was tough to get through that game. And, and look, I'm hungry for football. I was full. Like, I just said, like, uh, I, I'm not in it for the long haul here. It was tough to watch. I know, I hear it from the Titan fans every time I say it. Look, you guys were wonderful during the, the playoffs, but you're a boring football team. You are. It's, it's, but Mike Vrabel probably loves it this way. It's just not exciting football. Yeah, McLeod. What about the Patriots? Where do they fall? They were a boring regular season team for a while with Brady there. They're exciting to have Cam there. Absolutely. But the actual game couldn't have been more boring. They just ran at every play. I know, but you're seeing Cam do things that Cam did before. And, you know, you were hoping that you got a chance to see that again. I mean, this guy's going to end up with probably 80 rushing touchdowns when it's all said and done. Right? I mean, depending on how long he's able to play. Plus, when he gets down around inside the five, and if there's a chance that he could be pitching it to somebody else, that ain't happening. Cam knows I'm putting up some numbers here because I'm auditioning for either New England to sign me long-term or somebody else to sign me long-term. Yeah, Paul. Week one, Cam Newton outrushed 16 starting NFL running backs. Half the league. Week one rushing. Alvin Kamara, 12 yards. Saquon Barkley, six yards. But these running backs got paid. They got their contract extensions. Yes, McLovin. Watching the Patriots offense, it was clear to everyone on TV that Cam Newton was going to run all those plays. The Dolphins looked like, oh my gosh, wait, what's this guy doing? It felt like they were watching last year's Patriots. They had seven offensive linemen on one play. And then I think they had a a tight end. Like it couldn't have said run any louder. Cam could have gone to the line and go, I'm running. And Miami couldn't have been surprised. But I, I don't think it's sustainable, but it is fun to watch. I mean, New England is only fun because of Cam Newton. Other than that, nobody's, nobody's tuning in to see Hoodie. And, you know, Stefan Gilmore is a nice player, but, I, you know, you're not tuning in to watch a defensive back. Yeah, Paul. But in the Saints game, they, put in, they bring in Taysom Hill, and he runs for like 12 yards on his first carry. There's no one around him. Hey, when Taysom comes in, there's a pretty good chance it's a designed <laughs> run. Or he's going to throw it, though. Right. Yes, McLovin. I actually was, I'm like, Cam and Taysom are the same player, except Cam can throw the ball. They really, like, they look very similar. I know they don't look similar, but gigantic guys running at you that bigger than the linebacker. Yeah, I, I still don't believe that he is the heir apparent to Drew Brees. By the way, Patriots at Seattle Sunday that's, night. That's awesome. That's an awesome matchup. Because ju- I just want to see what the game plan is for Cam against that Seattle defense in Jamal Adams' role because he'll probably be shadowing Cam Newton, and that will be really entertaining to watch. Plus, Russell Wilson played a perfect game against Atlanta. You, know, you had a couple of performances. Kyler Murray was great, rushing for almost 100 yards. Um, you know, you had Lamar Jackson look good. I know that we go, oh, looks like he's a better passer this year than he was last year. Let's hold off on that just a little bit there. You know, he's playing the Browns, and the, the Browns look disinterested which is kind of amazing that you have a new head coach and you have this, hey, we got embarrassed last year. Let's go out there. Let's make a statement here. And they did. <laughs> it's, uh-oh. That, that's their statement. And now you have the Bengals playing the Browns on Thursday night. And, and there's part of me rooting for the Browns to lose just to see what happens with the story. And if Joe Burrow would win the game beating Cleveland... National TV, good storylines there. What is the best game coming up this weekend, though, McLovin? Well, let's start with uh, 
that Patriots. Uh, that's day. good. Yeah, that's good on Sunday night. Bengals Browns is entertaining just because you know the storylines attached to it. Okay, you got Giants at Bears. Is that that's not good? Uh, Rams at Eagles. Uh, uh, Falcons Cowboys. That's in Dallas. Well, it'll be interesting because every talk show host will make it interesting on Monday, no matter what happens. Either the Cowboys are back, they figured it out, or you know, Mike McCarthy was the wrong choice. Can't blame this on Jason Garrett. You know, why are you paying Dak Prescott that kind of money? Yeah, Paul. Ravens Texans. Solid. That's good. Texans could go zero and two. Chiefs Chargers at the Chargers. What like it matters? Mm. I think I may watch this game. Washington football team at the Cardinals. Shockingly, I'm going to watch it. Oh, yeah, I, lo- but- I love that defen- defensive line of the, the Redskins, whatever you call them. Yeah, they're the Washington football team. Paul. Any other games on there? Did you get Saints Raiders is Monday night. I like that. That's really good. Is that is that in, uh, uh, in Vegas? Las Vegas, yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. But is it the same with no fans in the new stadium? Does I... That- I- no, it's not the same, but it's still, I get the Saints out of the Superdome and they're beatable. Plus, I want to see, you know, what, what we have with Josh Jacobs. If it, is he going to be one of those, put himself in that category with, you know, some of the elite running backs? His, his advanced stats were like he is the number one running back in the end of like they would go nuts on his break. Someone compared to Walter Payton. Did you guys see yeah, that? Yeah, I saw that. It was, it was one game. He had a great year last year. I, I know, but it's just one game, and they're playing against Carolina. So let me let me see what happens when they play against a team like the Saints and see how they use him. But the the what was the biggest overreaction out of all the games? Biggest overreaction, Tom Brady, right? And then Dallas, and then maybe Aaron Rodgers. Feels like it might have been in that order. But I don't think people walked away worried about the Cowboys because I thought the Rams looked really good. Did you see a lot of panic in Dallas? I, I, just their fans because they've been through this for so many years, like a decade, where they blamed it on Jason Garrett. If Jason Garrett made that call that Mike McCarthy did when they went for it, they would have been crushing him. And plus, you know, that it, it was not pass interference in my opinion. What happens, defensive backs will actually – Grab one of your arms and then hold it, pin it down. And and this happens a lot. You know, it's a tech it's a technique that they have. And you try to do it and then you're going for with one arm trying to catch a pass. I just thought it was hand to hand combat between those two, Gallup and Ramsey. And I, I just wouldn't have called it. And it wasn't one of those because I had somebody call me out yesterday and say, Yeah, well, if that's in the first quarter, I go, No, it's not when it was called. It shouldn't have been called. If it's in the first quarter, you don't call it. If it's in the fourth quarter, I wouldn't call it. But I didn't go, boy, in the last two minutes, you can't call that. I didn't say that yesterday. I just said it It was, to me, back and forth between both of those. Unfor- you know, Gallup didn't have to push off or extend his arm to make that catch. But when you look at it, I understand where you can go. He used it. You extend your arm. Jalen Ramsey was, a, a, you know, part the blame too, culprit as well. Yeah, McLovin. Well, they're stressing OPI. Uh, they got Ingram last night. Like they got AJ, when, AJ Green. I hate when they do this, where they pick a rule. Like remember last year, they tried to ruin the season with holding the first yeah. two weeks, and Tom Brady tweeted half, and they all went away. Yeah, somebody's got to Brady's got to tweet. Hey, stop with the offensive pass interference here, because he did that with holding last year, and then all of a sudden the referees weren't calling holding. Yes, he. It seems like though for the first week that the referees let them play. You know, like, I don't know have any, like, official stats, but just the overall vibe was that, you know, the penalties were down. But they didn't let him play with offensive pass interference because that well, would have been letting them play. That, that was a big moment, you know, that you're calling offensive. A.J. Green pushed off. Absolutely. You know, throw the flag there. That one, that was not offensive pass interference. We'll take a break. Steve Levy was on the call last night. The Broncos and the Titans. By the way, Heat Celtics game one tonight. Nuggets Clippers game seven. Boy, the fallout on this, if the Clippers don't reach the Western Conference Finals, they blow another three games to one lead. And here's a suggestion to somebody with the Clippers. Guard the Joker. I think he's pretty good. This just in. I think he's pretty good. 
it, it's almost like they feel like, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to play in the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. That gets a foregone conclusion. It's like you get the easy pass at uh, Disney World. Uh, we're not waiting in line to get to the Western Conference Finals. We got the easy pass. And they're like, no, no, you don't. That might have expired. Uh, and then we'll talk to Ron Rivera, who is battling cancer while being the head coach of the Washington Football Club. Take a break. It's 20 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, turns out, nope. I was wrong because then I tried right brand bacon and honestly, I was speechless. And you know, it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly, but it was mind blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job. And I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick cut, flip your whole world upside down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Light. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories for 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. We have Ron Rivera, Washington head coach. He'll join us coming up next hour. 
he, along with team doctors and the head athletic trainer, agreed that he would get an IV after the first half to combat ongoing effects of his battle with uh, cell cancer. So he was hooked up to the IV, and all of a sudden he hears somebody yelling at the team, and it's Dwayne Haskins who was firing him up at halftime there. So we'll talk to Coach about that whole process here. Tough enough to coach. Now he's battling cancer while he's uh, he's doing it. Steve Levy, Mr. Monday Night. He had the call last night in Denver with the Broncos and the Titans. Made his uh, debut as the main play-by-play voice with Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick. He'll be on the call for Drew Brees and the Saints at the Las Vegas Raiders next Monday night. So how did it feel, Leaves? Well, that was a classic game, Dan. They're going to be replaying that game for years to come. That was uh, that seven-seven wildfire. It was yeah, it was, uh, that was something. That uh, it was fun. It was fun in the booth. Uh, we had a good time. I think uh, I think it was a good jumping-off point for us. You know, uh, we'll be much better next week, and and hope to be much better uh, every every single week. But it it felt great to finally get it going. You know, there's been so much talk about you know the Monday Night Football booth, really, and uh, it was just good to call some football. Did you read Twitter at all? Uh, I have not. You know, I can't get through text messages. So uh, I'll tell you what it does. It it does make you feel about pretty good about yourself, Dan. It makes you feel like you know, you know, maybe I'm a decent human being. I, I can't tell you how many people, and yourself included, have, have reached out with you know with kind tweets, uh, kind texts throughout the some tweets, but mostly texts uh, throughout the process. You know, leading up to getting the gig, and then uh, you know, wishing good luck and relax and have a good time and all those kind of important reminders. But it's really been great for my my friends and my family, and uh, it's really appreciated. But has it set in? I mean, you're calling Monday Night Football. So that's a great question. So not really. Like, uh, you know, last night, I did last night what I did one year ago. We had that same back end of the doubleheader, uh, the opening night weekend. It was the Broncos again. Uh, so not really. You know, there wasn't a massive pregame show and the massive hype. We knew we were on late, so we'd lose some part of the country um, and like that. So I think it really kicks in uh, this coming Monday night. Uh, we'll have the stage to ourselves, and uh, we'll be on at the normal time. It'll be the full pregame. Uh, it's also the, 50, the actual 50th anniversary of uh, the first ever Monday Night Football game. And then I think, you know, listen, quite frankly, we, we want to ramp up here, Dan. We want to be at our best for week three. Uh, we know we'll have a few eyeballs on that one. And I think, you know, honestly, that that's probably the best regular season game on the schedule. Certainly on paper, you know, things can change throughout the season. But before the season starts, if you could only watch one NFL game, I'm guessing a lot of people would pick Kansas City uh, at Baltimore, and then we're fortunate to have that on the schedule. How nervous were you? Yeah, again, not really. Um, and I, I think that's part of being overprepared. You know, people talk about that. If, you, if, you're, if you're properly prepared, you shouldn't be nervous. And, again, having the experience of doing the game a year ago uh, really went a long way towards that. I, I can't tell you, and, and you get this, but I hope everybody does, uh, we have so much help, Dan. We get we get so much help from so many different from people. Uh, you know, from the people who are working in the booth, they they were drilling like it was a, you know a Home Depot store last night, trying to make adjustments in the booth. So it's our first time with the crew, and you know, and Greasy wants his telestrator here, and uh, and Riddick needs this over there, and I need a shelf. You know, and it's, it's too cold for for Riddick. It's too hot for me in the booth. You know, <laughs> it's just, I'm just saying. Like, yeah, there's so many people running around, and even and that's even when it's 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 part, uh, pared down because of the pandemic. We're probably traveling half the people, and then the influx of emails. I've never seen anything like it. The amount of information, but again, it's it's just people trying to be helpful, and it, it's not just ESPN uh, information people. It's really it's the NFL. It's uh, it's the two clubs. Uh, they're public relations people. Everybody just trying to be so helpful, give you everything you need uh, to put the best product on the air. So it's it's been a lot of fun, man. What about no fans in the stands? So, you know, I found uh, at one point I said, listen to the crowd, you know, it's not here, you know. And uh, in the headset, the mix we're getting, I think, is very different than what is being played in the stadium. Uh and if you if you get lost in the moment, and I hope this is the case at home, but if you get lost in the moment like I was broadcasting the game, you hear the crowd roar, and they seem to roar at the right time. And uh, you know, I'll go back and watch the tape and, and see how it sounded on on television. But um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to crowds. You know, sort of building the head. <laughs> Lisa Salters had a funny report. They had 500 people in the stadium last night, and we were really told it was kind of a, a test, a test of the protocols. 
sort of a dry run. They're going to have uh, 5,700 in Denver for their next home game in a couple of weeks when uh, Brady and the Bucks come to town. But, uh, you know, so in essence, they're testing, you know, they're testing it out on the friends of the family of the players and the, uh, and the, and the employees of, of, the, uh, of the team. But the concession stands were open and those kinds of things. Couldn't really hear that crowd, but the, the crowd, the, the enhanced audio that was piped in, certainly in my headset, uh, made it sound good, and I think you could get lost in the moment, which was nice. He's Steve Levy. The he's Mister Monday Night. Now, you're no longer Sports Center anchor, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm still not. I'm still not used to it. My 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 Twitter bio is going to stay as the unofficial voice of the Bahamas Bowl. I think. <laughs> but but you don't do Sports Center anymore. Uh, not during the, not during the NFL season, I would think so. You know, I'll see. I'll see you January seventh, Dan. I know you're missing me on the eleven o'clock show. <laughs> I'll come back and do a, a sports center with you, Lee. <laughs> it's late, Dan. I don't know. Sometimes you know we go after Van Pelt, and it's you know, and it's twelve thirty or something. There's a, you know, there's a Mariners game that goes a little later. Oh. We for extra innings. Uh, oh, that used to drive me crazy when you go. Okay, <laughs> just close this out. Come on in. You know, let's go. Right. And then somebody would give up a three run jack, and you go, oh god, and go sixteen right. innings. That- I remember back in the day, we'd like, let's just put our voice down on a track and say, and that led to the final score. You know, <laughs> And of course, not thinking for the poor people who have to stay behind and put the video to the audio and all that. I remember oh, yeah. there was a <laughs> Sunday night and Mike Keenan, Mike Keenan got fired, I think, in St. Right. Louis. Does that sound right? And well, he got fired a lot of places. <laughs> he did. But Keith Oberman had already gone home. <laughs> and and so I was I was there and then I was getting ready to leave and all of a sudden it came over the wire. Hey, Mike Keenan just got fired. We had to redo like the first block of Sports Center, and right. uh, the joke was that we sent Judd Birch to Oberman's house and that Keith was in the hot tub, which which <laughs> which, which wasn't true. But we created this story that you got to go get Oberman and bring him back. And then we had to go and redo the uh, first 15 minutes of SportsCenter that night. Uh, the great memories damn, there. Damn, damn shame that we didn't have Zoom back then because then you could have had Keith in the hot tub <laughs> that first time with you. Are you following the uh, Stanley Cup final here? You know, a little bit. Uh, very, very surprised with the Dallas Stars. I mean, did not see that coming. Uh, good for them. And, uh, you know, I kind of feel bad for whoever – you know, it looks like Tampa is, you know, the class, I think, of, of the teams remaining. But, you know, whoever's going to win the Stanley Cup is, you know, there's no asterisk or anything as far as that's concerned. But I feel for the for the players, the organization, their fans, that they won't have that that traditional celebration. And I'm sure whenever there are fans allowed back in the building, uh, you know, they'll reenact it and they'll have the guys come out skate around with the Stanley Cup. But it won't be the same thing. Um, but the NHL's done a great job in the television product, like I said. You know, in the NBA, too, by the way, in WNBA, like, you can get lost in the game. If you're sitting at home, I, I find, if you're interested in the game, you can get lost in it, and you don't then realize, hey, there are no fans there and the enhanced crowd and all that. So I, I really think you know, all the TV folks have done a really good job uh, bringing that product home as, as best they can under extraordinary circumstances, really. Tough doing, tougher doing an NFL game or a hockey game? That's a good question. Um, you know, it's funny. I think there's so much more that goes into the NFL game. There's so many, you know, in terms of the cameras, the amount of people in the headset, and, and certainly the amount of the eyeballs that are watching and the viewers. I thought you were going to ask me tougher college or pro, and uh, I mean, there's no, there's, there's no question to me the NFL is an easier game to broadcast by virtue of there's just half the players. I mean, start right there. And it's, uh, you know, college plays like an extra quarter. The game's like an extra 40 minutes. That NFL game flew pretty quick. We had a really fast first half, and you do look up and you see, hey, there's a minute left in the first quarter. Uh, the NFL is is so pa- is packaged so well for television, you know, to try to fit in that three hour window. So um, I would say hockey's a little easier for me, but the pressure's kind of off. You know, there's no spotter. You're not relying on anyone else in hockey because there's no time to look down and get help. You're sort of on your own that way, and uh, and the game just flies. And it seemed to be, you know, hockey's a little more under the radar. Uh, the whole world's not watching. Uh, it's really, you know, hockey fans, I think. And as passionate as they are, um, they're a good bunch, too, maybe a little less critical. I almost texted you last night when you said, Steven Guskowski, a future Hall of Famer. All right, let's, let's talk about that. You, th- you think that's off base, or is that he was a Hall of Famer before last night? He's Hall of Very Good. 
Oh, Dan. I, I, I think, I mean, you know, a lot of this is statistically based. Yeah. And he, he's got every number. I, I think he's a Hall of Fame kicker. How many kickers do we have at the Hall of Fame, by the way? Jan Stenerud. Is, uh, and, uh, Benateri's going in. Morton Anderson's in. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yep. Ray Guy is a punter, but I, I, it's really tough punter, to get yeah. in. It, it, no, you're right. You're right. But, but if anybody, you know, uh, Guskowski's numbers are off the charts. Uh, you know, he has more points. I think his accuracy level might be more than Vinatieri. Again, his, his career percentage went way down last night. <laughs> I know it did. <laughs> That's hard to do. You man, know what? So. I, I, Guskowski's going to have you induct him, I think, if he makes it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I should. <laughs> you're right again, and and, and and there's the game-winning kick. He wins another yeah, football game. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave out the, the four misses. So that's that's a rough night, and uh, you know we we harped on it a little bit, but you know the Titans kicked I think eight field goals all of last season, eight field goals the entire season, and still made it to the conference championship game. They were a half away from the Super Bowl, you know, so uh, they got to figure that out. Mike Vrabel should have never been in that spot last night. You know, 47 in the NFL in altitude is a chippy, and that, you know, that was his longest kick last night. So that, that game shouldn't have been close. That was, that was 10 points, you know, off the board for Tennessee that should have been there. So they, I think they were fortunate to escape with that. Yep. Uh, post-game beers last night? Uh, two, two Bud Lights. That's my thing. Uh, two Bud Lights. That was it. Got to be cold. By yourself? Uh, some of the fellas socially distanced, of course. Of course. Drinking through the mask. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not an easy trick, you know. You take the loop <laughs> off your ear, take a sip, put the loop back on your ear. Very enjoyable there. Oh, you don't get cheated, do you? Hey, uh, safe travels. <laughs> And uh, we'll be watching next week. And uh, I didn't want I, I knew it was your first game, and I didn't want to text you anything. I just thought, you know what, let me. But when you said that, I go, I was just going to go Hall of HOF question mark. But I thought, nah, <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't want confusion. And I would have been unprofessional in doing something like that. No, you can't be a professional. I, I take, uh, I'll take your text anytime, brother. All right, buddy. Uh, safe travels. Thank you, Leaves. All right. Stay with That's uh, Steve Levy, Mr. Monday Night. And uh, he's got the Raiders against the Saints coming up. We overanalyzed Monday Night Football. And being at ESPN, they kept trying to come up with something. Because it's Monday Night Football. Well, Sunday Night Football is the best broadcast team that you have. That's where the NFL funnels their best games. And they weren't trying to do anything gimmicky. They just took a great play-by-play voice and a great analyst in Chris Collinsworth. No bells and whistles. Michelle Tafoya on the field. You have an unbelievable producer and director. But ESPN kept trying to recreate Howard Cosell and Don Meredith and Frank Gifford. And you can't. And even when they had Booger McFarlane in there and you had the Booger Mobile and you had Jason Witten, they were trying to create something. And I applaud ESPN with what they're doing. Leaves will give you the game. He's, he's not going to color outside the lines, be wacky. He, he's not going to make it about himself. Uh, Lewis Riddick is a great X's and O's football guy. Uh, Brian Greasy has been a uh, partner of Levy's on college football for a long time. There's a comfort level there. All we want to do, we just want to see the game. We don't need anything fancy. And there's nothing wrong with just going, let me settle in and not listen to somebody try so hard. Fowler and Herbstreet did a wonderful job last night. But they've been together for 25 years. And all you want is comfort level. Maybe you recognize the voice. Maybe somebody's not trying to overthink this, overanalyze everything. And that's what ESPN did for decades. They had Tony Kornheiser in there. Love Tony. He's not a guy that you want in the booth. Dennis Miller, wonderful talent. Not a guy you need in the booth. You're trying too hard with that. And hopefully ESPN got it right this time. And then they just let, if the games are good, it's amazing how good the broadcast team is when they're good. When they're not, when the game isn't good, then you rely on your broadcast team a little bit more. Yeah, Seaton. Yeah, it seems like sometimes uh, broadcasters want to prove how smart they are, how much they know with every sentence. Yeah. 
And it's, and I get that. I think there's a certain amount, probably like, I don't know if it's insecurity or just the moment is so big that you're just trying to prove yourself so people will give you a chance or something. And I think Joe Tessitore did that last year on Monday Night Football, is he wanted to let you know that he knew football because he's trying to establish credibility. And what happens is you're, you're overshadowing, you're making the game about you more than you need to. Al Michaels knows football, but he knows that Chris Collinsworth is the guy who should be telling you. He should be the analyst there. Your job is, and as, as hard as this is, if, you're, if you want to be a, a radio host or a TV host, I can know the answer, but I still have to ask the question because that's why I have an analyst there. I could ask Tony Dungy something. I may know what he's going to say. I may even know a little more about that if I do research or have a source. But I, my job is to set up my analyst, to make my analyst sound great. Jim Nance does this with Tony Romo. Jim has no ego. And he could easily have a huge ego. His job is to make Tony Romo great. And that's what he's done. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back, phone calls, and we'll check in with the Washington Football Club coming up next hour. Got a couple of games tonight. Game 7, Clippers in the Nuggets, and Heat Celtics, Game 1. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, turns out, nope. I was wrong because then I tried right brand bacon and honestly, I was speechless. And you know, it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly, but it was mind blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job. And I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick cut, flip your whole world upside down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. So where baseball is banning alcohol from locker room playoff celebrations this season, champagne showers, beer baths, that has to wait until next year because when they move on to the playoffs, you're not allowed to do this, according to Joel Sherman of the New York Post. Baseball is sending a memo to teams this week insisting that clinching celebrations must be socially distant outdoors and contain no alcohol due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. What about non-alcoholic beer or champagne? And can I still spray the champagne if you're six feet apart? If you have goggles on and you have a face mask, can I do that? Yes, Paul. After almost every NFL game this weekend, the players massless went and gave each other hugs and said goodbye. I saw it last night. There's probably 90 players middling in the, in the middle of the field and saying bye to each other. At the a World Series win, you're going to celebrate with your teammates. Yeah, it feels like you could do it with social distancing, but I'm not worried about my teammates at that point. It would be the other people that maybe aren't part of the team who would be involved in it, or if reporters came in there. But I'm not worried about my teammates at that point. Also, the Rams coach Sean McVay got a warning of not wearing his mask. He says that uh, he is likely responsible for the NFL memo that was sent out yesterday to reinforce that coaches must wear face coverings at all times on the sidelines during games. McVeigh said last night during a video conference with reporters, I figured that memo was directed at me. I've been getting blasted all day about it, so I just love it, McVeigh said in a bit of tongue-in-cheek before continuing in a more serious tone, I will do better. He's uncertain if he'll stick with the face mask or potentially wear a neck gaiter when the Rams play the Eagles in Philadelphia on Sunday. I don't think he's going to do the face shield like uh, Andy Reid. Is Andy Reid going to wear that again, that welder's mask? Is he going to do that <laughs> again? It was just, he looked like he was in pain. <laughs> he was the boy in the bubble. Remember that John Travolta movie? But just his face in there. It was all fogged up and everything. He needs windshield wipers on there. I think that would help. Get Rain-X in there. The New York Mets have been sold to a really rich guy, Steve Cohen. He's got, I don't know how many billions of dollars, but he bought the Mets, and apparently he was uh, competing with Alex Rodriguez and J-Lo, which I don't know how much competition was there because he does legitimately have billions of dollars and can pay cash for the Mets, where A-Rod and J-Lo and some other investors were looking, I think, at $300 million down payment. And if you're baseball, you just don't want to get into a situation where... You're going to have maybe a cash flow shortage here. And you want somebody who's got money to spend money in a big market like that with the New York Mets. And so Steve Cohen, real rich guy, has bought the New York Mets. I don't know what that means, but feels like at least they have a solid base there of money to go out and make some mistakes. Go out and buy, spend, overspend on free agents. Yes, Paul. You know that TV show Billions on Showtime? Yeah. A lot of uh, reporting said that uh, the main character, Bobby Axelrod, was loosely based on a number of hedge fund guys, most notably Steve Cohen. Oh. Or different situations he's been in during his career as an investor. That's the way I'd put it. Wasn't Steve Cohen involved in some... Some uh, illegalities. That's what I'm talking people, about. People <laughs> under him. That's what I'm hinting Did at. some people go to prison? Yes. Some yeah. of his underlings uh, went to prison, and he had to pay a big, big, big fine. Yeah. Not like a year's payroll for the Mets type fine. Yes, McLovin. Let's put it this way. A-Rod was the ethical choice for the <laughs> Mets purchase. <laughs> Not getting him on. Nope. Yeah. Well, we can get A-Rod on maybe now. Uh, not Steve Cohen. Cohen, not a steroid user, though. No, no, he did not. Yep. He's not a steroid, two-time yep. steroid user. That we know. Yeah. The uh, Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, he complained that the Padres didn't show Clayton Kershaw proper respect after hitting a big home run. Trent Grisham hit the home run, and uh, he hit a home run in the sixth inning off Clayton Kershaw to tie the game, and he stared it down a little bit. And... Uh, 
Dodgers' Dave Roberts was not pleased. Uh, he said, I don't mind guys admiring a homer. Certainly it's a big game, big hit, Roberts said after the game. I really like the player. I just felt that to over kind of stay at home plate, certainly against a guy like Clayton, who's got the respect of everyone in the big leagues and what he's done in this game. I just took exception to that because I think there's a certain respect that you give a guy like that if you homer against him. People, I think, then said, well, wait a minute. The Dodgers made... Remember when they hit the home run off Madison Bumgarner? Didn't they turn it into a T-shirt that uh, they kind of sat there and uh, admired their home run. Kershaw himself had the right position. Uh, he said, I'm not going to worry about their team. Let him do what he wants. So the Dodgers made that famous line about getting a ball out of the ocean when Madison Bumgarner beefed with Max Muncy, and they turned it into a T-shirt. So I don't know if... I mean, Madison Bumgarner uh, has been a great pitcher over his career, but I, I don't. I mean, you hit a home run, you admire it. I don't know if it matters. Should it matter? You're showing disrespect. Everybody gets caught up in what is old school and new school and showing respect. Yes, Tom. If Robin Ventura can charge the mound at Nolan Ryan. We throw all respect things out the window. I don't care who's on the mound. Thank you, Todd. That'll set Twitter ablaze right there. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk to uh, Ron Rivera, the Washington Football Club. He'll join us coming up in the final hour of the program. More phone calls as well. Back after this. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.